Hello and welcome back to the Grazia Life Advice Podcast. I hope you're having a really good week and are ready for some great anecdotes and advice from a fabulous French musician, actor and model. Hi, I'm Josephine de la Baum. I'm an actress and a singer and I'm this week's guest on Life Advice Podcast for Grazia. Josephine tells us about filming the latest series of Top Boy during lockdown. You know, it was a difficult part and so at times you kind of want to stay with you know the in the place that you've managed to found yourself in even mm. if you you know you have to switch off sometimes because it's emotionally too draining yeah to sort of live with your character a little bit more yeah mm. even if it's not every day it's still in the back of your mind it's still a little bit and that doesn't get distracted by anything if you're by yourself and she tells us about being a rebel at school i was kind of a rowdy teenager i think i think i used classrooms as a um, platform to perform day and night. I was smoking cigarettes in the class to make people laugh. I was like <laughs> dancing on, you know, t- 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 tables and like turning the whole classroom into a musical. Yeah. It sounds like you should be in euphoria. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Finally, we discuss the power of leaving parties without saying goodbye. So I think I do get a little bit like overwhelmed easily, much more than I used to. I get much more anxious when I go to events or I, sometimes I have to leave quick if there's too many people. A French exit, as we call it. In uh, France, weirdly, we call it which means like run away like an English person. We'll be hearing about all of that, plus Josephine's amazing grandma who fought in the French resistance, her bohemian upbringing, and also some strange advice that she received from her French therapist. Hi, Josephine. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast this morning. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. And you? I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, I'm. Um, it's bright and early here and I'm feeling good. It's the end of the week. Yeah, things feel like they're kind of getting better, dare I say, whilst obviously so much in the world is getting worse. Um, it's this weird yeah. thing of kind of personally feeling like things are improving, but... But being in a constant sci-fi movie. Exactly. Waking up to one more catastrophe every I day. know. Yes. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so you are going to be in the new series of Top Boy, which is brilliant. Yeah. That came about uh, after going through a long, very long audition process with a lot of anticipation and uh, trying not to think about it too much, but um, praying and manifesting as much Mm -hmm. as possible. But we were, yeah, there was a a few callbacks and also it was a process because it was, you know, COVID already. So, you know, I gave everything that I had because originally the part was called Poppy and she was English and I can't do an English accent however much I try and I've been <laughs> here for 10 years so I thought my best bet was to really just you know give the best performance I could um, and try and relate to that character as much as possible and it's a difficult part too so I did that and thankfully they worked. I can't wait to see it it's got um some other interesting people in as well this series hasn't it it's got um adwa the amazing model in it as well this yes he's a good friend of mine great i can't wait to see it was it. a coincidence yeah really yeah it was quite funny we we're actually on holiday together and um because we have a very good friend in common so we just happened to be there at the same time and we 
kind of, you know, it's so secret, so you don't, you have to like sign so many NDAs, and then we kind of hinted something at each other, and like looked at each other, and we're like, wait, are you going through the same stressful slash excitement? <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just a mad wow, coincidence. that is so funny. Yeah, we really kind of, I think we kind of merged our forces and kind of prayed for each other at the same time, like staring at the moon. <laughs> amazing well josephine you're here today to share some of your life advice with us um and your first piece of advice is something that your friend Rene ricard um said to you is that right yes i don't know that anyone should listen to my advice but let's see i'll try and do my best (laughs) so what uh what did he say to you so René Ricard was an amazing painter and poet. Uh, you know, he's the person who discovered Basquiat on the street. And he was part of the factory with Andy Warhol. He was 19. And he was one of the first people that I met when I moved to New York, which is not the least interesting one, you know. And he's kind of an incredible character, extremely talented. And he writes amazing poetry and very funny lines. And on one of his paintings... He wrote, God will forgive you, it's his job, which I think is hilarious, but also kind of resonated with me because, you know, I grew up with this, um, uh, in a Catholic family, at least my father is Catholic, my mother doesn't really believe in anything, but with this element of guilt, which I think is ridiculous, you know? Mm. Um, so I think that completely releases any of that. And I think... Just catchy and funny, and maybe I'm just, you know, a coward. But I was like, that's great. This really resonates with me. Yeah, I suppose it's quite freeing once you accept that. It is quite freeing. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just a funny one. And I think ultimately, you know, life is just a succession of experience and mistakes that you learn from, also, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. that make you grow that make you kind of do things differently next time and probably in a more uh in a better way or in a more human way or so i think this element of like you've made you know this was wrong this was bad unless you've killed someone i mean yeah i think that or you've hurt people intentionally but otherwise you're kind of supposed to make mistakes to learn i think that's Mm. also what's in it yeah absolutely Your second piece of advice is a really interesting one um, and I think involves uh, a story about your your grandmother and it's to be on the right side of history. Can you tell us a bit about your grandmother and and why this this has come up as a piece of advice for you? My grandmother um, was very young when the war, the Second World War um, started and she lost her husband while she was swimming in the sea actually. She was, uh, went to meet him on the war boat. She was part of the French resistance and uh, she lost her husband at a very young age. The boat, which was kind of the size of the Titanic, but it was an army boat, sank and she was one of the five survivors. She even had her bottom beaten by sharks because it was in the sea in Africa. I mean, it's, it's kind of an insane story. And eventually was found by an English boat and got to hospital and you know, ended up joining the French residence again. I mean, it's like, I, my, I feel like my answers are very long-winded. But I This think is amazing. <laughs> an incredible story, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she, I mean, you know, she went on so many different missions and the story she told me, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And all her best friends were 
extremely incredible, brave woman, you know. Um, anyway, so I think, you know, the Second World War was so much uh, part of the way she kind of look at life, looked at life for the rest of her life. Mm. And so I think this element, this idea of, you know, you know, you you want to be on the right side of history, and you, mm. you, you know, it kind of include, you know, yeah, giving us those kind of values at a very young age. Yeah, of, you know, respecting humanity and fighting for justice in a way I think was very important for her to tell her grandchildren, her children. Yeah, it's something that always came back in conversations. Mm, mm. But yeah, but I think it's an important concept to to have in mind at a yeah. young age. You know? Yeah. Get a sense of of the world as opposed to just your little world. Absolutely, she must have been such an inspiring presence in your life to have oh, all those stories. Yeah, yeah. And when her friends came over and they were started kind of chatting about the past, I was like, I couldn't believe the stories. I was wow. Listening to. Yeah. yeah. Your third piece of advice is in French, so I'm going to let you say it in your um, beautiful French accent rather than butcher it with my franglais. Um, so please tell us. It's um, my mother that always said to me, Va plus haut, il y a moins de monde, which means rise above, there are less people up there. Uh-huh. Meaning, when, you know, when something bothers you or you feel like a bit... Uh, yeah, upset about what some something might have, someone might have done to you or something. Mm. It's just like, to kind of be the it means be the bigger person, go higher. There are less people. Just be the bigger person. Mm. And let it affect you. Are there um, particular times in your life that you've drawn on that? I think I remember it a lot in teenage years. You know, mm. I think in, when you're a teenager, your friends are everything. They're more important than your parents. You know what I mean. And I think you get affected so much more by it's your first experiences in love. It's your first experiences in betrayal, maybe, or like, you know, very meaningful ones. It's your first experiences in understanding, starting to understand yourself. You're no longer a child understanding yourself as like mm. a young adult or something and trying to position yourself in the world. And I think, you know, kids can be quite, teenagers can be quite cruel with each other and and you get you're much more you're quite insecure as a teenager. Yeah, absolutely. Where were you at school? I was in Paris. I was getting kicked out of schools a lot, so I did, I went to a lot of different schools. I was kind of a rowdy teenager, um, so I think I think I used classrooms as a um, platform to perform day and night for the class. I mean, oh really? Class. <laughs> What kind of thing were you doing? I was smoking cigarettes in the class to make people laugh. I was like <laughs> dancing on, you know, t- t- tables and like turning the whole classroom into a musical. Yeah. It sounds like you should be in euphoria. No, <laughs> I wish. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, I was entertaining and entertaining myself and others, but I wasn't very, um, I was disrupting classes a little bit. We're just going to jump to a quick ad break and we will be right back with Josephine Dillabol. And we're back with Josephine who is sharing her amazing life advice with us. And we're on to her fourth piece of advice, um, which is don't obsess about love too much. Obsess instead about life. Once again, it's a, it's a translation. It's my friend Philippe, yeah. who I 
loved, who um, who's a, who was a big casting director in Paris. He passed away. Sorry, I'm only using my dead friends. Uh, well, very, very <laughs> keep the legacy alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, who, who I, you know, it's quite simple. And I think there's something quite funny about it, you know, because it, it has in it something of a friend that knows you well. And I think, so in a way, he was kind of taking the piece out of me. You know, when you get, when I was getting really obsessed, obsessive with certain, um, you know, love stories. And, um, but I think that there's something very simple, but it's just a nice reminder. And for some reason, there's something a bit relieving also about hearing that. You're like, it's again, a little bit the idea of like, love is part of like a life journey and there's going to be so many different aspects of it that you're going to, you know, discover. So instead of focusing on like one unhappy moment, look at it within, you know, the, a capsule of an entire life and everything mm-hmm. that's around it and everything that you're learning with all the mistakes that are happening within this relationship, for example. Um, and also to kind of like, you, you know, when you're upset about love or when you're too excited about love, you kind of can't really see around anymore mm. um so it's just kind of saying like open the, your vision a little bit you know yeah is that something that you think has become easier as you've got older um I think unfortunately or fortunately you know and I even see it with you know people in my family that are in their 70s or something <laughs> I think you kind of are forever a bit of a teenager when you fall in love mm. and I think that's great I think you learn not to, you know, make the same mistake. I guess you get to a point as you get older where you're you're filling your life with so much other things that whereas when you were younger, love and passion is like the thing in your life. Um yeah, maybe... I don't know if it's so much about being I don't know, you know, I really see some people I would see when it was like my great aunt until she was ninety was like still kind of like wondering how she you know, how she should end the letter she should write. Really? Wow, I love that. Yeah. They're very uh, love-prone in my family, you know? And I yeah. think until the end, really. Um, so I don't think it really changes. And I say that the reason why I talk about my family is because I say that from facts. Yeah. I've seen <laughs> I'm not 90 yet. So I think it's just saying open your eyes a little bit. Don't, you know, uh, don't let it overtake you completely. Mm. That's and great advice. So many aspects that are exciting. Yeah. And so you don't let one person kind of take over. Basically. Yeah, that is excellent advice. And now your fifth piece of advice is something that your dad said to you, which um, is don't do unto others what you wouldn't do unto you. Tell me a bit about your dad and, and your relationship with him and um, why he might have said this. I think because he's kind of very... He's very fair with people, and I see that with my brother as well. There's something, there's an idea of everybody has something that they might want to say or that they might want to express. Whatever people might be doing, it's the other way around too, it works. Whatever people might be doing, my father is very kind of like, you know, has done therapy for so long, a lot of analysis, a lot of kind of alternative Mm. things because he needed to do that basically he's a very emotional and poetic human being but that yeah being that romantic and poetic comes with sometimes (laughs) 
quite a lot of feelings to carry with you every day. And I think that he understands that people might behave in a certain way because they come from a place of fear or pain or so to kind of be tolerant and indulgent with other people and, um, and then to not do what you and one, you know, other people to do to you because you, in a way, again, you might be doing things coming from a place of insecurity but if you start and understand why people do that, and they, they don't always mean it, they don't mean to upset you, mm. then you might not do that because you might not want to upset them because maybe maybe you're doing it also from a place of fear yeah. and security or reacting too fast. Do you find that, that boundaries can be challenging when you're such a kind of understanding and emotionally intelligent, empathetic person? It's sort of harder to say no to people or to not let people into your life. Oh, I have zero boundary, that's for sure. <laughs> I grew up in a house where, like, there was always like a million people living there. My mother, best friend, or someone who was heartbroken, or or a student who had nowhere to leave, or you know. So I think uh, I, I was never taught boundaries. She, mm. we always had, you know, if I had a boyfriend who had like a really complicated family situation you moved in, moved in with us like so it was very joyful but no I don't have boundaries yeah I all. get the picture which is in some ways so wonderful like to be so open and and loving and welcoming but I can imagine there are times when it's it's hard but I do like that my life is so dense and has so many love so much love in it because I've got mm. so many friends you know and so many people that I care for yeah Maybe lockdown was a bit of a holiday for me. Right, I can imagine. Yeah, suddenly you're I was alone. Alone. There was someone, people, someone <laughs> leaving with me to some extent. Somewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then was like full house of friends and parents, and suddenly I was like, oh. the first lockdown I wasn't alone. I was with three friends, but the second lockdown, so I like, and did you enjoy oh, it? I liked it. Yeah, because you know what, I, I think in a way. You do things that you don't have time to do if there's people around all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, reading, catching up on movies. And also, to be honest, I was um, I was filming. I was filming Top Boy for the second lockdown. So you could I'd just focus. Filming. Yeah. So I could focus. And I think it was quite a, you know, it was a difficult part. And so at times it it is a bit hard and not very good also for concentration to kind of like have to be there or like, or just be present, uh, with someone else. And you kind of want to stay with, you know, the, in the place that you've managed to found yourself in, even mm -hmm. if you, you know, you have to switch off sometimes cause it's emotionally too draining, but it's kind of nice to not completely let go of it. Um, so yeah, you have that space, you have that space to kind of like not have to. Be yeah. Present. To sort of live with your character a little bit more. Yeah, mm. even if it's not every day, it's still in the back of your mind, it's still a little bit, and that doesn't get distracted by anything if you're by yourself. Yeah. I didn't mind it. I mean, I was going again, going on set, meeting, seeing people, so I felt great. So you lovely. had some routine. Mm. Yeah. Um, your sixth piece of advice is to never ruin an apology with an excuse. It's an advice I should really give to myself. The only reason why I wrote <laughs> that is because literally what I do every time I apologize I then find an excuse, which is kind of relates to what I said earlier. It's like I said that because, and I try and explain where I came from. Yeah. Even if it might be well, I, you know, I felt upset because of the nine, then I felt insecure, all this stuff. Mm. But I, in a way, I'm already justifying myself for, so I'm empathetic to, towards my own self. As well, right. 
I mean, there's a place, there's definitely a place for kind of, you know, expressing yourself and, and apologizing with a reason, you know, you're giving someone probably what they want, which is like a, well, why did this happen? But I do see your point as well. Like it sometimes negates the power of the apology. It really does. And it's also, I think it's good to explain where it came from. But I genuinely, suddenly by the end of it, will have completely justified why I did that. And sorry, right. don't, don't, don't even believe in my apology anymore. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Actually, yeah, I take that back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that pretty much happens every single time. Yeah. And that's brilliant advice. Your seventh and final piece of advice is a little controversial, but I think... Um, kind of there's a, a nihilistic spirit to it which I really enjoy so tell us tell us your bad piece of advice Josephine bad advice oh yeah don't don't quit smoking <laughs> which was given to me from two different people who I literally went to see I don't smoke that much but I've been smoking for a long time I smoke mostly you know in the evening or or if I go out but then I'll smoke mm -hmm. you know, a bunch of cigarettes um, so it's not every day, but it's still, you know, enough that I wanted to try and quit. Mm -hmm. And so I went to see a hypnotist in Paris. Um, and she said to me, uh, she started kind of trying to hypnotize me and we started talking about other stuff and she was like, you know what? I think just don't quit smoking. You're not ready for that. Let's just work on other things. There's a lot of work to do, you know, on other areas. And I just wouldn't quit smoking just yet. I was right. like, oh God, she's I guess I was going through kind of a difficult time at the time. I was just like, you know, it was like I was going through a breakup. It was difficult. And I just was like, you know, I was like, that's always an excuse to smoke twice as much. And I was like, let's just not do that this time. Yeah. And she advised me to continue smoking twice as much. And then, which was like, wow, <laughs> if you were living in LA, you really wouldn't have a job for much longer. No, it's very and Parisian. <laughs> I love that. Only in France, really. And yeah. around the same time. I was exercising, uh, you know, running and everything with a trainer. And I told him that. And then he was like, you know what? I didn't want to tell you, but I also think you shouldn't quit smoking because you've been trying to lose weight. And it's just not the right time to quit smoking if you want to lose weight. I was like, Jesus Christ, the two of you, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, wow. oh my God. I like, just lose weight and then quit smoking. And I was like, okay. okay. Which is a trainer who's supposed to kind of make you make yeah. you healthier. Both of them were supposed to make me healthier, and both of them supported one hundred percent my cigarette addiction. You're fine. So, yeah. Well, I mean, we've all got to have yeah. some kind of outlet or vice, and I guess it comes back to your first piece of advice of, uh, you know, God will forgive you will forgive <laughs> for smoking. <laughs> smoking. Well, I don't like. I'm not endorsing it. There's a social element that I think some people um, enjoy of like it being something that can take you out of a moment at a party. It's like a escapism. But it's a bad habit. Mm. It needs to stop. Yeah. What's your sort of uh, evening, like nightlife vibe these days after lockdown? Have you changed your the things you enjoy doing? Do you still like going going out in the evenings, partying or? Well... At first, I really had bad social anxiety. I think we all had that. I literally, mm. the first you know, party that I went to, I just had to sit in a corner with like the two people that I used to go for walks with, mm. who, you know, a couple that lived close to my house, because I just couldn't. I mm. just was like, <gasps> like, 
and I'm not really shy on top of it usually and I so I think I do get a little bit like overwhelmed easily, much more than I used to. I get much more anxious when I go to events or I, you know, just, or to some kind of like, yeah, gathering or, mm. and sometimes I have to leave quick if there's too many people. A French exit, as we call it. French exit? No, so a French exit is where you just leave a party without saying goodbye to anyone. Yeah. In uh, France, weirdly, we call it filet à l'anglaise. It's funny how like English and French people just do it. Uh, oh, so you call it an English exit? Filet à l'anglaise, which means like run away like an English person. Really? That's so funny. <laughs> wow. Well, I think it's far too chic a move to be English. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of a rude move. It means just not saying goodbye to anyone. Yeah, basically. for sure. But sometimes there's a place for it, like, you know, if everybody's drunk and nobody's going to appreciate your goodbye anyway, you might as well. There's just... always a place for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but I think what I missed the most was really, um, you know, live music is mm -hmm. really what I was missing. Live music, and I was missing theater as well. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of shows. I've been going to. So that, that mm -hmm. I would say I'm kind of making up for the for yeah. last time. And are you looking forward to performing again um, with your band? Yeah, we just actually performed. We opened for our, our friends called La Femme. They're a big mm -hmm. French band, big French rock band. And we were just on tour with them. And that was really fun. And we're playing in London, actually. We're opening for them on the 21st of April at the O2 Kentish Forum. Okay. And we should be playing a show, our own show around the same time. But I'm yeah. not sure exactly. It'll be probably before or two days after. Yeah. Uh, we're organizing it now. Um, yeah, Fantastic. and then the record comes out in on the, in June. So we'll be we're playing a bunch of festivals this summer, and we'll be playing. You know, we're kind of like adding dates, and then, so mm. yeah, that that was really fun. I really missed that. Um, Josephine, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, I could f so many more questions. I'd love to find out more about your your life and your. I mean, I can just kind of picture your house and your family, and it's like <laughs> so sort of um, fabulously fun. bohemian and French and full of love and um, <laughs> creative characters. So um, maybe that's uh, <laughs> a talk for another time. But thank you so much for sharing well, your life advice. Whatever you want. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on another episode of Grazia Life Advice. If you know anyone who makes French exits or runs away from parties like an English person, then make sure you share this episode with them. We'll be back next time. Bye.